Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Purity of the Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Jenna Renee, and I just want to welcome each and every one of you that will listen, that will come into the room live. Um, of course, if you can try to catch it live, you're able to call in at the times we're allowing people to call in, and you're always able to leave a comment in real time and um, interact and um, or question or um, prayer request or whatever. You can always do that live. So um, it's so exciting to be able to communicate live um, with the audience while we're recording so um i just do encourage you if you do have the pie bean platform try to catch it live i know sometimes my when i get on is kind of like um different times but that's just because sometimes y'all know like life happens right and sometimes the unexpected occurs but the main thing is to be committed to the assignment so i always try to keep my commitment that i made to god that i will consistently get on here and just keep keep doing what he um what he mandated me to do keep doing what you know he assigned me to do and that was to use this platform and to use my voice to um restore his daughters and to you know um, minister to his people because sometimes we even have um the men of god on here sometimes we have our brothers and his sons so i just am so um encouraged by all of the love and all of the downloads the streams all of the support that um the podcast is getting continue um to show us love it helps us it helps more than you know um the every time that you share every time that you download you stream you um you help us to get the podcast out in front of more people for it to be more visible and that is what it's all about because it's not about me it's about um the it's about jesus right it's about the word it's about um the kingdom it's about getting people, you know, um, saved or getting people back in right standing or, you know, ministering to people to, to let, so they can hear maybe what the Lord is trying to speak for their situation or whatever it is. But it's not about me. It is all about the Father and what it is He's wanting to do through me for His children. So I'm just excited to be a vessel for His kingdom and for Him to just trust me enough to use me. And so, um, I just really hope that who whoever listens to this podcast, like even if you are in a situation like what I may um, talk about a little bit here in a few minutes, just remember to be be faithful, right? The Bible says when you are faithful with little, he'll make you rule over much. So even in the most difficult of times, right? Even in the most challenging seasons, even in the most dark places, um, that's never an excuse to give up, especially if God has given you an assignment, especially if God has, um, you know, gave you a mission, right? Um, the mission is still important. The mission still needs to be fulfilled, even though you may be going through, even though you may be feeling like you're under warfare, even though you may be, you know, having um, one of the most difficult seasons of your life. It's not about you know, your feelings and not to say that your situation is not real because it'd it be real. I'm going through something right now and it's real. But when it comes to this life as a believer and when we make a commitment to lay down our life and take up our cross and follow Christ Jesus, that means our life is not our own. So we cannot be dictated by our feelings or emotions. We have to be dictated by the word of God. We have to be dictated by the spirit of God. And that's not always easy. Um, I'm a living witness to say that it's, um, it's not always easy because it's just a choice it's not about if i feel like it today um you know if i had the time today it's a choice in the same way if you're in a relationship or you're married love is not always automatic like yeah you may start off feeling like you in love but over time you know you may that 
that euphoria, that honeymoon phase kind of fades out. And now you're in the reality of this is a whole nother individual that I got to become one with. This is a whole nother individual who has their own set of ideas, own set of experiences, own personality, um, you know, and everybody, you know, has a upbringing and a culture that they bring into a marriage or into a relationship. And now you're trying to merge and you're trying to infuse two people into one. That's not the easiest thing to do. Now it is, um, there's a grace when you have God and it's ordained by God and he's, he's that third strand corn, right? But it's still not easy. And so when that person isn't so lovable, it's a choice because if you depend only on love, they may not be lovable in that moment. They may be being selfish in that moment. They may say something to hurt your feelings. They may do something, you know, that's not right or it's not fair. And so you can't, you can't, um, completely solely rely on love you got to make a choice that i'm going to choose to love this person even though they're not lovable this at this time i'm going to choose to love this person even though they hurt me i'm going to choose to love this person even though you know they're acting a fool it's a choice and that is what this life is um with with the father and with jesus it is a choice you're not always gonna feel like it you're not gonna always feel like going you know a minister you're not gonna always feel like getting up going to work you're not gonna always feel like you know going to, and feeding the poor you're not gonna always feel like you know getting up and doing whatever it is that the lord has called you to do or is, is gracing you to do you're not gonna always feel like it and so you have we have to learn to get a grit and we have to learn to to get a um a solidity right that we just have to become very um um build up our endurance so we we can be um anchored and steadfast unyielding and always and immovable always abounding in the work of the lord like we quote that scripture a lot but see that scripture and like all scripture because faith is tested faith cannot be proven unless it's tested and so every time that we confess or we decree a thing or we're you know but or we're even moving in faith the lord is allowing us to be tested because he already knows the depth and the level of faith we have sometimes he wants us to know sometimes he allows the enemy because he wants the enemy to know like job right job was considered righteous and on the earth but obviously there was still something there that gave the enemy a legal right not um god didn't just allow the enemy there had to be some something there for the enemy to gain access through right and and so then god lifted that hedge of protection but then the enemy found something you know that's why he attacked job in very personal um ways right he attacked his children because you know jo he knew job really loved his children he attacked him in his you know in in his provision in his resources in his business in his wealth because he understood that this he was a man of great wealth he he had a, a lot of you know um resources he attacked him then even in his physical body uh, because health health is something else that's very valuable to us as human beings so he attacked him in very um intimate um, and personal spaces that he knew would really um, penetrate into the core, into the soul of Job, because his goal was to try to get Job to curse God. He wanted to give Job to curse God and to and to give up. And that's even what the enemy will do to a lot of us. He doesn't change his strategy. He's doing the same thing he's done from the beginning since Genesis, right? He is trying to tempt us to sin. He is trying to tempt us to sin against God in the same way he in the wilderness was trying to tempt Jesus to provoke God, right? He was trying to tempt Jesus to get out of the will of God. He was trying to tempt Jesus to get out of the timing of God. He was trying to tempt Jesus to just, um, 
you know, to j just to provoke God. And so, and that's why Jesus continued to respond with the word. It is written, it is, it is written. man shall not eat um, by bread alone, live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeded out the mouth of father, right? Man shall not, I, I shall not test the Lord thy God, right? So he continued to give the word to him because that's the thing that the enemy is not able to uh, withstand. He cannot withstand the word because the word is power. The word is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a weapon. So Jesus used his weapon against the enemy in the time of battle. And when we learn and, and really um, master uh, the strategy of war, which is to use the word when the enemy has come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Well, what is that banner? What is that standard? It is the word of God. And when we learn to respond, it is written. And then, and that again, that's not always easy, but I don't even know how I got on that subject because <laughs> that's not kind of what I was going to talk about. But hey, obviously Holy Spirit is um, moving in this direction and that's where we're going to flow. And so the enemy, he can come in. And so when he come in, he's going to come in and he's going to begin to attack you. And now he's not going to attack you and play in ways that ain't going to really you know, shake you. That's not going to really affect you because that's not going, that's not beneficial to him. That's not going to um, promote, you know, his evil, wicked agenda, which is this kill, steal and destroy. He wants to hit you where it hurts. That's his, that's his intention. That is his strategy. His strategy is to come and to come for blood and to kill. But how many of us know that he is a defeated foe because Jesus already defeated him, made an open spectacle of him. The blood has already paid it all. He has already conquered. Jesus already went down into Hades and took the keys of death hell in the grave, right? Jesus ascended and now we are seated in heavenly places alongside Christ Jesus. So we have the power and authority according to Luke. We have all power and authority over the enemy and nothing shall by any means injure us. But when we don't understand the true authority and power that we hold, the enemy continues to have his way in our life. He continues to have a one-up on us, not because we don't have power and authority, but because we are ignorant. We're ignorant of the power and authority that we truly possess and we're ignorant in how to use it and see the enemy likes to keep us so distracted and bombard us with situations and circumstances and pain and hurt and sorrow and disappointment he likes to keep us so focused on those things so we can't get in the word because when you get in that word the holy spirit is going to take you to the right scripture he's going to take you to the right chapter to the right book that's going to give you the word that's going to give you the tools that's going to give you the insight that's going to help you in how to war to use your spiritual weapons which are not carnal but spiritual and mighty and god for the pulling down the strongholds but the more the enemy can keep you distracted and bombarded with everything in your life falling apart everything going wrong oh you lose your job oh you lose your house oh you you lose your relationship oh the person left you the person broke up with you oh your children are acting crazy oh you're, you're in a financial crisis oh you know just oh now you got some kind of health issue you got some sickness in your body oh you get a bad report from the doctor you know it's just all of these things or maybe you was believing for something and and then you it, it didn't come through you know whatever the case may be right whatever is something that is really near and dear to you maybe it you know you're experiencing some kind of um you know disappointment and, and being let down and so now the enemy wants to continue to keep you in that space of being so focused on what is not going right and and keep you so um 
uh, the uh, the disarmed right he wants to disarm you because he understands that we have armor and he knows that and so he understands because in ephesians 6 it tells us that we put on our whole armor right because we're going into battle and the moment the enemy keep us distracted with situations and circumstances not to say they're not real when you experience all of these things I named, when you experience the loss of a loved one, when you experience, you know, the loss, you know, maybe uh, you you haven't had a miscarriage. Maybe you just got a disappointment. Maybe, you know, you're going through something and just, just a difficult space. Maybe you're struggling in your emotions, you know, whatever it could be, right? That in the moment that that thing is real and it's not to, um, you know, demean it or try to, you know, downplay it and act like it's not. It is real. Your feelings are real. What you're going through is real. It's, and so what we have to learn how to do is, is to walk by faith and not by sight. And so because what we can see is real, because we can see the thing that, you know, maybe is not going well. You can see the, the, the symptoms of your sickness. You can see the symptoms of your financial crisis. You can see the symptoms of you losing your job. You can see the symptoms of you losing your home you can see the symptoms of you going through a divorce you can see the symptoms of you losing you know uh, a, a loved one you can see that that's why the bible say walk by faith and not by sight because with you when we see something that thing begins to be more real to us than our faith so we got to learn how to not pay so much attention to the realities of life, but then pay more attention to what the word of God says. And when you learn how to put your armor on and you have your helmet of salvation, you have your breastplate of righteousness, your shield of faith that quenches every fiery dot of the enemy, your sword of the spirit, the word of God, your belt of truth, and you have in your shot and your shoes of the gospel of peace, and you praying at all um and that you're um praying at all times right because that's we don't only put on our armor but paul goes on to say you know and and pray at all times right you're, you're always praying in the spirit at all times so so not only do you have on your armor but you're you're also in prayer. You, you have a prayer life. You have an active prayer life, right? Because your prayer life is so important. And that's another thing the enemy wants to do. He wants to get you so distracted, so discouraged. You don't believe no more. You start to doubt. You don't have faith. You're mad at God. You're angry at God. Or you're just wore out. You're exhausted because it tells us in the word that um, in Revelation um, or no, in Daniel, that he comes and to, seeks to wear out the saints. He wants to wear you out. He wants to wear you down. So you can't pray. So you can't get in your word, you know, so now you just soaking all you doing is you know you talking and you talking negative all you doing is you know woe is me throwing a pity party all you're doing is crying crying tears and it's not to say that having those moments are not okay because they are elijah had those moments when jezebel you know put a hit out on his life after he slew 450 of her uh prophets prophets of Baal, after he had this great victory on Mount Carmel and he the Lord is the God he answered by fire after that altar was saturated even in water three times did he have somebody come and just saturate it saturate to the point it was like a uh, a pool of water around the altar and then God answered by fire and licked up all the water and consumed the wood and it caught on fire now if anybody knows anything about fire you know that it's very 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 difficult to light wet wood because fire it needs the wood to be dry and so the fact that God answered by fire but he also licked up all the water that thing was saturated it was immersed in water when just little water sprinkle it was immersed 
God still licked up that water and he set the wood on fire to show his supremacy, to show his power, to show, you know, his strength. And so this is the God we serve. But even Elijah, having after having this great victory, then uh, here go Jezebel putting the hit out on his life. And then he runs and he runs into a cave and he's literally like falling apart, broke down, scared for his life, depressed so much so that he's telling the Lord, he's just saying like, I'd rather die. Just kill me. Just kill me now. Because he was so overtaken with fear. Because sometimes the situation that we're facing is real and the reality of it, it can bring fear. It can seem like this thing is really going to take us out. It can seem like, you know, we're up, we're up against a battle that we cannot win. It can seem like the enemy has really unleashed a, a whole attack from the pit of hell on our life, right? It can really be like that. It can really seem like that. And you feel hopeless and you think to yourself, why am I going through this? This is too much. It's too hard. I can't keep fighting. I can't keep praying. I can't keep fasting. I can't keep warm. Because you think like, well, the more I fast, the more I pray, the more, you know, I'm in the presence, the more I worship, the worse things get. And you start to get weary. That's where the enemy want. And you find yourself in a cave like Elijah. But what did God do in um, 1 Kings 19? He met Elijah in the cave. And even when Elijah went to explain or, um, you know, to, um, what is the word I want to vent to God about what he was going through? Because again, the Bible tells us to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us, right? For all the, he says, for those who are burdened and heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. So we are to lay our burdens on him. We are to lament to to him. We are to be honest with him and transparent and express our emotions, our feelings, our fears, our hurts, our pains, our disappointments. God wants to be involved. He wants to be involved in every area of our lives. So it is okay. So he didn't rebuke Elijah for having that moment of being in his emotions and being overtaken by fear to the point of death and hiding the cave. But he was just like, you still have an assignment though. You know what I mean? So even though God understood and God allowed him to, you know, vent to get that off his chest, it did not negate the fact that he had an assignment to fulfill. And so even though we going through what we going through, we can't neglect and negate the assignment. So I'm going back to how what I started from. When God's giving you an assignment, the enemy is going to throw everything at you to get you to stop. I'm a living witness because I've been going through all kinds of craziness. Um, and I've spoke about some of the things I've been going through that it started, you know, on May 1st, but really it started, it's been all year, honestly, but on May 1st is when things just really went to a new level. And even today, you know, I, um, got some, you know, very unexpected news, you know, because, um, me and my children had to move out of our last, um, our home and, May on May 1st, because my, um, the landlord, she decided to sell her home. You know, I, I wasn't in a position where I had another place for us to go, but because, you know, she came on the first and told us we had to go, we had to get out. Um, I, we had to abruptly leave. And in that, you know, I hadn't made any preparations. And that, that again is on my fault, on my part, because I knew she was selling the home. I knew that I wasn't going to better stay there. I knew I only had a certain time, but, you know, I was hoping that. I have more time than what I really had, but that was my fault. However, 
I, I didn't have no um really no plans in place because my my mindset was well obviously the lord is going to open another door so i would just be able to move from that place to a new place but that's not how things went so we had to move and so because i had no plan and because we had no new place i ended up having to stay with a family member and so um going into the situation i knew it was gonna it was temporary and i knew it was gonna be you know um a little uncomfortable because it's me and my two children but it's also my my puppy and the and the family member i was staying with has a very small two-bedroom apartment because it's just her and her daughter and so i already knew that it was going to be a situation that was going to be you know a little bit strenuous on on everybody because it's such a small space and i'm bringing two three other people plus a puppy and so again that's a lot and I, I was very aware of that and so i was grateful and i still am and thankful that um she allowed me and my children and the puppy to come there and she didn't have to and so you know even going there i just was kind of still like okay lord what's the plan what's the plan where's you know i know you must gonna open up a door you know we can't stay here for long this you know is a situation where you know it's very temporary so you know I started looking for places, started applying for places in faith, you know, doing things, you know, I started, you know, applying for jobs and, you know, after a few weeks, I was just kind of like, okay, Lord, where you at? You know, cause my hope was I wasn't gonna have to be there beyond that, but that wasn't the case. And I remember in my seeking God about it, cause I had um, spoke to someone at my, at the church I attend about what I was going through in my situation and about um, the, the um, family members uh, allowing me to come in and stay at their place. And that person who I was speaking to was like, you need to seek God and ask him, what's your assignment while you're there? Right? Because that was something I hadn't thought about because the only thing I was focused on is when are we moving? When are you going to open the door for us to get in our new house? And see, that's another thing. Sometimes God causes us to be uncomfortable because he's trying to save somebody else. Everything is not about us. And see, because sometimes when you're in a situation and you really are in need of something, it's very hard for you to look past your need because having a roof over your head is a need, right? Having stability is a need, especially when you have children and a family, that is a need. And so for me, I was so focused on my own need and desires to have us a place of uh, stability and comfort for me and my family that I never looked at it like maybe I was on an assignment because it was something that was uncomfortable. I had never been in a situation where I had not had nowhere to stay and I had to stay with a family member in that, in, in that instance like that. And so it was just very uncomfortable to me and it was very foreign to me. And I just didn't want to be in that situation for long. I didn't, I didn't particularly want my children to have to keep sleeping on the floor and me having to keep sleeping on the couch because it was just physically uncomfortable, right? But when that person told, when she said what she said, she was like, you need to seek God and see what your assignment is while you're there. It kind of changed my perspective. And so when I went to the Lord and I began to seek him, like, okay, Lord, why do you have me here, right? Like, okay, what do you want me to do? What's the assignment? Because let's, let's understand this. God is always concerned about the harvest, period. Always. He's always concerned about souls. He said, I, I, do you think that I want any to perish? No, not even the wicked. So God wants to save, especially those people who are unsaved, especially our own family members, right? And so me stand with a family member who is not necessarily, um, 
you know, saved and not living a saved lifestyle, doesn't have a consistent relationship with the Lord. It is his heart that that person is saved, regardless of what my opinion is or what I observe or what I think or what lifestyle that person may be living, God still has a heart for them. And so I had to get outside of myself to say, Lord, what do you want to do here? And then I felt the Lord was telling me to start praying for um, my family member. And I started praying for her. So praying for her relationship with the Lord and praying, you know, for me to be a light and sow seeds because, you know, she's seeing me every day. She's seeing me pray. She's seeing me go to church. She's seeing me serve. She's seeing me, you know, um, being faithful, even in my situation, right? Even with all I was going through, she saw me still, you know, having joy and still worshiping God and still having Bible study with my children. And you know, all the things I was doing and she would hear me pray and hear me being on prayer calls and she was seeing that. Right. And then I was praying for her uh, because, again, I know that she has a good heart and I love her dearly. And I want nothing more than for her to be saved so she can have eternal life with the father, because this life is temporal. Right. This thing, this this earth is passing away every day. We are only here for a moment. It's like a vapor. Right. Our life is like a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow. But eternity is forever. So we want our family members to be saved. We want those in our community, those, you know, on our job, those, you know, people that we come in contact with if they're not saved we want to extend the gospel we want to extend the salvation to them because god is concerned about the harvest because christ is returning and, and hell is real so i begun to pray for her i begun to pray for her you know really petitioning god on her behalf praying for me to be a light praying for me to you know sow seeds um, with my presence being there just her seeing you know how i am able to still have joy um still you know be um, happy, you know, still trust God, still believe God, even though I'm in like a super difficult situation where I don't know how and when I'm going to get out. I don't know what this is about to look like, but she saw that. And so that is what I started to kind of try to focus on. And I was still worried about my situation. You know, I still was seeking the Lord on, you know, us finding a place and us getting a place and all of that. And, um, you know, me getting employment and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I wanted to be sensitive to what God wanted to do, not just for me, but through me, right? And so I would encourage you, even if you find yourself in a difficult place, but you have you're in your you have someone in your in your close proximity, or you know, there's somebody the Lord keep bring highlighting to you or bringing before you, or you know, you have some kind of um, you know, roommate, or you know, you you have to stay with someone, or whatever the case may be, however the Lord may be working through your life, even though you may be in a situation, because one thing for sure, too, for certain. Those of us who are in Christ Jesus are far better off than people who are not. It does not matter about what a person has physically. It don't matter if they have all the money. It don't matter if they have all the houses, the cars. It don't matter if they have businesses. It don't matter if they have everything, you know, in the world and all their needs are met. If they don't have Christ, then all of that is nothing. It is futility, right? They can't take it with them to heaven. And it's the Bible says, what profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? So at the end of the day, yeah, they may have all that, but they'll lose their soul still if they do not have Christ. And so at the end of the day, we may not look like on the outside. People may not 
believe on the outside or may not appear to people who are on the outside looking in when we are the one, the one who's the believer is the one in the position of struggle. The one who is a believer looks like they're in the one of the position of lack. The one who is the believer looks like they're the one being forsaken, looks like the, they're the one, you know, um, you know, having to go through the hard time or, you know, kind of getting rejected and all of that, right? You may be in that position um physically but you when you have Christ you have everything you need your 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 uh future is secure right you know where you're going so it it does not matter cuz our our home this is not our home we are ambassadors we are here on assignment we're pilgrims we're passing through and waiting to get to our our eternal promise which is paradise which is heaven right um with the father and so you know we always want to be sensitive to the fact that God may be using us even in our darkest moments to be a light. We may think it's a dark moment, but to to God, this is not a moment of darkness. It's a moment of light because somebody is able to be um, impacted for the glory of God by watching you, by seeing you. You may be so in season, don't even know it. You may got you got people watching you, and you have no idea because when you confess to be a believer, if even if they never say nothing to you, they're looking. They want to see if your God is real. They want to see is your God gonna show up. They want to see why you so happy and your whole life is falling apart. They want to see how is you still, you know, holding on to your sanity when anybody else in your position should have lost, would have lost their mind. They want to see how you're still able to believe God and trust God and be faithful and rejoice and worship when you when when things have just um just all chaos and heck has broke through in your life. They they see that right. They're observing that because they because that is not normal. That is not natural to do that. It has to be something that anchors you that keeps you in the place of having that peace that surpasses all understanding. Even though you may cry sometimes, even though, you know, you may have to, you know, well, sometimes you lament, you know, you, you, you might have to scream and yell sometimes, whatever the case may be, but still overall, you continue to, to go forward. You continue to keep it moving. You continue to press in, you continue to have faith. You don't give up. You continue to depend on your God. You continue, you know, to be at the feet of Jesus and people are noticing, even if they never say it to you or if they don't say it in the moment, they are watching and you never know the type of seeds that you're sowing or how you're being a light for someone else in, in your darkest, in what looks like your darkest moments. And so it's so important to be mindful of how you respond and how you react, especially in front of people, because you may be somebody that the Lord is using to show this person his power, his love, his mercy, his compassion, right? That he's a keeper, that he's a, a peace, that he's Jehovah Shalom, right? That that he's the God of peace, whatever it is that that person may need to see because maybe he's trying to draw them nigh unto him. So be, be mindful, right? So I begin to do that. I was seeking the Lord about the assignment and all that. And then in that, I remember I heard um, him say 30 days. And at that time, when I heard 30 days, I was seeking him on how long we would be there at my family member's home. And I was like, okay, 30 days. So I continued to, you know, I was praying, praying, um, seeking the Lord. You know, like I said, I was doing all those things, you know, serving, going to church, going to Bible study, doing this, doing that, you know, just continuing to do the things I would do. I was continuing to do a podcast, um, all that, right? 
And then um, I was still looking for a home, looking for a job, just really trusting God to meet me in my in my dark place. Because a lot of times I felt forsaken because I'm like, Lord, where are you? Why am I going through this? I'm trying to do everything I can to be obedient, to be righteous, to 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 live a lifestyle of holiness, to, to be obedient, to be found faithful, right? To press even when I don't feel like I can go anymore, even when I want to give up at some kind of way, the Lord gives me the grace and the strength to keep going. You know, when I feel like... Like everything is just like, it's just the walls are closing in on me because I'm in this situation where I'm like, where, how is me and my children going to get a home? How are we going to get a roof over our head? How is our needs going to be met? How is our bills going to be paid? I'm like, Lord, the Bible says, David said that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor see begging bread, but why do I feel forsaken? Why am I in a situation where I feel behind? The Bible says I'm the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. Why do I feel beneath? Why do I be feel behind? Why do I feel like I'm in lack when the Bible says I lack no good thing, right? It tells me the Bible says that you provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But right now I need a home. I need a roof. Me and my children need a place of stability. We need order. We need comfort, right? These are, this is a need. This isn't just a one. This is a need. So Lord, where are you? And I have my moments where I wanted to give up. I have my moments where I'm already in a hard place. I'm already in a place where I'm uncomfortable. You know, I'm frustrated. I don't know how to get out of this situation. I don't know what to do, what God and when God is going to do it. And then I experienced disappointments. I experienced disappointment of believing that I was going to, you know, get um, this certain house that I had applied for that I was believing for that was everything on my list and more, you know, and then they, they basically told me, no, um, I tried to apply for another house and they told me, no, you know, all of the things and I was being honest and I was being upfront and I'm doing the right thing and I'm not holding back any information. And I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I, I don't do nothing out of desperation, right? I don't want to try to, you know, exaggerate my situation or I don't want to try to, you know, um, get over on somebody or, you know, make something up because I'm in a desperate situation. So I'm doing things in righteousness and, 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 and it's still not getting the result that I desire. I'm still getting told no. So I'm like, Lord, what is this? What is this? What is this? Is the righteous really forsaken? Right. And then I see people who are not even believers at all. And even people who may be confessing to be believers, but do not live a lifestyle of believers. And it appears like they don't, that they're prospering, right? And sometimes let's just be honest. Sometimes people are wicked and evil and they are prospering. Sometimes they're wealthy, right? We, we see, see it all the time. It's a lot of people who are very, very wicked and they're wealthy. A lot of people. And it's like, and then you can look at some, not all, but some of the people of God and you like, well, that person is righteous. That person, like, I know that person loves God. I know that person is living for God. I know that person is living holy. I know that person, you know, is um doing all that they can to, to, to live according to what the word of God says. And yet, and still, they're still struggling. They're still beneath. They're still behind. They're still uh, in poverty. They still, you know, um, you know, can't get out of this, you know, this hole, this pit. You know, they still going through um, circles and cycles, you know, and and you like, well, this don't make no sense. And when the Bible is 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 just is filled with all of these blessings 
and promises. And the Bible say all the blessings, all the promises in the word of God is just an amen. Yet and still, we can clearly see that sometimes those of us who are believers, we don't always see the manifestation. Like we just got to be real. I know, you know, people just like I know people just like I'm in it myself where you like that don't make no sense. Like this person is faithful. This person, you might be even think to yourself, I know that person living more righteous than me. I ain't even got there yet. And yet and still they suffering. They're going through. They're being afflicted. You know, they're being challenged in their finances, challenged in their body, challenged, you know, in their relationships, challenged, you know, with their children, challenged on their job. It's like, dang, you know, what is going on? How is this? You know, why is this? And so I, I'm just like today, I just couldn't believe that here I am in a whole women's conference. I've been serving and that's another thing like i give i serve and again i'm not gonna go through all the things i do because we do those things because that's what we are supposed to do as believers i do things out the kindness of my heart i don't never do things out of compulsion i don't do things out of manipulation i do things because i love to serve i love to give i have a heart for those who are in need i have a heart for the um those that are poor and so these are things that i do anyway i don't i love to get my ties you know all of those things so that's not something to, to try to manipulate God with, because those are things we should do. However, when you know you do those things and you know what the word of God says, especially if you're a tither, right? And if you're a tither, you have a covenant with God because you are honoring him with your finances. You are following the principle that he laid out in his word. And so when you understand the principle and you understand the covenant, you're like, well, wait a minute, Lord, I'm doing my part. I am obeying your word, but I'm not seeing the manifestation of the promise that is supposed to come with this obedience. And see, it's okay to go to God like that because that's not manipulation. The Bible says that the Lord says, put me in remembrance. So sometimes he like, he want to know, is you bold enough to put him in remembrance of what his word says and what he spoke in his work? And sometimes instead of us going to him and, and, get, and put him in remembrance of his own word, we go to him and we cry. We go to him and we beg and we plead and we come as beggars and orphans not understanding that we have an inheritance we have a right because we are the children of God we have the spirit of adoption we cry out Abba Father but because we come from a place of an orphan heart or a place of rejection that we don't come in boldness the Bible says you come boldly before a stone of grace you know and, and, and without guilt and you can ask for what you want so when you know that you're living in righteousness you know that you know you are living and to please God and to and to live according to uh, the, his word, you're keeping his commandments, his precepts, you know, you're repenting, you're doing the things that you should do. You're supposed to be able to come boldly without any um, conviction because you know that you have a inheritance and you have a right as a son, as a daughter to petition God on behalf of what your his word says. And see, when we don't understand that, we can get into that place of sadness and sorrow and we can get into that place of feeling like that we, you know, have to be beggars when we are not beggars. We are sons. We are not illegitimate children. We are, we have a father, a heavenly father who chastises those he loves, right? And so when you realize who you are, your, your response and your circumstances is different. And so long story short, as I'm in this conference, um, this amazing women's conference earlier, um, I get a, you know, a message from the family member I was staying with and they just basically was like, you know, it was just a bit much, which it was, you know, and again, I'm not mad. I love my family member. I appreciate them for allowing us to stay as long as they did. But, um, you know, they were just like, we can't stay. We had to leave. And I respected it because at the end of the day, you know, when you are, um, 
in someone else's space, right? And you are bringing a lot, you know, it's not just me. It's not just my children. We have a whole puppy and he was doing stuff, you know? And so at the end of the day, you know, I didn't have any ill will or no negative feelings, but I was very sad. And now I'm in the middle of the sanctuary, in the middle of, a, in, the, in the midst of the conference, trying to hold it together, trying to keep in my tears, trying to keep in, you know, my frustration, because now I'm like, well, where are we going to go now? Because unfortunately, I don't have a lot of family members who I could go to. I don't have a lot of friends that I, I can go to and, and bring me and two children and a dog. You know, I don't, I just, you know, that's not my situation. And so it was like, Lord, what are we going to do now? Where are we going to go now? How are we in this place? Why am I being forsaken? Why am I being forgotten? What did I do? What am I not? You know, I just was so upset and I was just so, you know, sad. And I just kept trying to like, and the tears started coming and I was trying to hurry up and wipe my face because I'm in the middle of a conference surrounded by women and the conference is amazing and the atmosphere is amazing, but I can't even receive because now I'm worried because now I'm anxious because I don't know what I'm going to do once this conference over. Now I got to go deal with the reality of my situation that we got to go find, I got to find us somewhere to be. And I was so upset with God. Because I'm like, Lord, I didn't got prophetic words. You know, I didn't had it spoke over my life many a times about, you know, what you're going to do, what you're doing. And I'm like, yet yeah, I haven't seen the manifestation. And the more that I'm pressing in, the more that I'm praying, the more that I'm fasting, the more that I'm seeking you, the more that I'm serving, the more that I'm sacrificing. It's like, it seems like things are not going in the direction that you said they would, right? It's not... And so I felt like, Lord, why are you forsaking me? Like, why are you allowing the enemy to just come in and continue to, you know, uh, take from me and co to continue to, you know, wreak havoc in my life? You know, and I was just, I just was very, very upset with the Lord. Like, Lord, why are you allowing me to go through this? And I felt myself being discouraged to the point the message was amazing and, and the service was amazing and the conference was amazing, but I couldn't even receive because my whole energy and attitude was disrupted because of the text message that I looked at when really I shouldn't have even looked at my phone when I looked at it, right? I should have just waited to after the service because really it wasn't important. I didn't need to look at my phone. I don't even know why, but I, I, I looked at my phone and the moment I saw that text, it literally shifted my whole energy and shifted my whole mood. And I couldn't even receive in the way that God probably intended for me to receive because I'm distracted now with this situation. So sometimes we kind of just, you know, we have to take control over what we can take control over, right? I shouldn't have looked at my phone. But to be honest, I kept sensing in my spirit all morning um, that it was going to happen. Something kept telling me in my spirit, like, she's going to say, y'all got to leave. She's going to say, you know, you can't stay no more. I don't even know why. Maybe Holy Spirit was just preparing me uh, for it. But for whatever the reason is, I kept sensing it. So when I seen the text, I really wasn't shocked to be honest, but I was still disheartened because it just made me feel like, well, dang, where are we going to go now? Right? Because I already had, my options were slim when I went to that family member's house. So it was really like, Lord, now what we're going to do? And so I was just very disappointed and discouraged, to be honest. And I just didn't understand. And I just didn't understand. And I just had to continue to function, though, because I'm in this conference. I'm serving in the conference. I have responsibilities and stuff. So now I got to try to f refocus my mind off of all this that's re a reality of my life. And I have to go back to 
trying to be present in the presence of God and try to be present in, in, in amongst to hear the word of God and then to serve and put a smile on my face. It was so hard for me to walk around with a smile on my face because I didn't feel like smiling. I didn't feel like smiling because really I felt like screaming. I really felt like just screaming to the top of my lungs. Cause I just like, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? I just don't understand. What do you want from me, Lord? And so I just was really in this space of like, Lord, I just can't believe that you have me here again. I can't believe that you allow me and my babies to have to go through this again. Like, why would you allow this? Like, what am I doing? What am I not doing? And so I just, you know, ended up pulling myself together as best I could to finish out the conference for today, to finish serving and to get in the car. And all I could do before I could go to start packing my stuff up and get my children, um, I went and cried. I just went to cry. I just needed to cry because I just was so frustrated. I was just so frustrated. Like, I just don't believe this. And then I'm like, now who, where can I go? Where can I go? And so only one person kept coming to mind. So I called that family member and, you know, they allowed, they said that, you know, of course me and my sons can come on, but still, and, and, and I give God the glory for that. And I thank God for that because again, you know, it's nothing like, someone extending you a help in your time of need, someone giving you an opportunity, opening up their home, right? But being a blessing to you when you're in your time of need. So I'm very, very grateful for this family member who allowed us to come stay in their home. I'm like, but in the midst of it, and even upon coming here, it still was like, Lord, why couldn't I have my own place? Why couldn't one of these places that I that that I applied for just said yes. Why has it been a no? You know, because I already was dealing with no's. I already had was dealing with a no before I went to the conference because I applied for well, I had reached out to an owner about a property and they basically told me, you know, they it was some requirements that they was needing that I didn't have. And so it was like and I didn't allow that to get to me. So if, in essence, I knew the enemy. By the time I really got to the place where I was crying, I started to realize like, okay, this enemy is really trying to um, come for me. He's really not playing fair because see, I already dealt with, with that feeling like getting a no before I went to the conference because the conference was amazing yesterday, right? I've been being blessed all this time and here we go today. And, but see, I didn't let that, that, initial disappointment or that initial, you know, um, no, I didn't allow that to discourage me. I just said, okay, then maybe that's not the one. So, okay, now I got to move on to the next. And then I just went on about my day. I didn't allow it to get to me where the other times that I got a no, I allowed it to really just, you know, it, it took a toll on me. It really, you know, caused me to go into a place of discouragement and disappointment. Well, it didn't today. So I continued to go forward. So I guess the enemy said, oh, that didn't get her. Come on now, we gotta understand. We don't we don't worship the enemy, but we gotta understand his strategy. When he realized one thing don't work, then he's gonna try to hit you somewhere else where it really hurt. In the same way with Job, okay, he he killed his kids. And if that wasn't enough, he he took all his, you know, finances and his resources. If that wasn't enough, he bring boils all over his body. You know, he continued, he continued to build upon and just try to just overwhelm him and just try to just um put this insurmount 
unaccountable pain and anguish and discouragement and disappointment. He tried to bombard him with everything he could to try to get him to curse God, even using his wife to say, just curse God and die. When the enemy see that you're you're getting stronger, because sometimes you're stronger than you think. You think because you're in a place of what you think is lack. You think because you're in a place of you think of being behind. You think because you're in a place of the valley of the shadow of death. You think because you're in a place of going through a crisis that you're weak. But see, what you don't know is when you're able to weather the storms, when you're able to endure, when you're able to go through and uh, continue to trust God and continue to pray and continue to praise and continue to worship, when you when you press into God more, because that's that's what being in a crisis or being in being in a, a warfare or being you know um, in a trying situation does it pushes you, it it causes you to lean in more, it causes you to pray more, it causes you to seek God more, to cry out to him more. And when you begin to do that, then the enemy, he's starting to realize you're getting stronger to you. You feel weak because you feel like, because you're crying, but see, it's okay because God keeps our tears in his bottle. And the Bible says those that sow in tears reap in joy. So it don't matter if you got to do it through tears. God is still pleased. And see the enemy start understanding that, oh, you're getting stronger because you didn't give up because it didn't take you out because you didn't curse God and die because you didn't renounce because you didn't go back to your, your, your lifestyle of sin because you didn't, you didn't fold. The enemy is like, Oh, okay. You're getting stronger. So now I want to bring something else. So I'm already in a situation where we had, we had basically got put out the last home on May 1st. And then I got cussed out and called bees and she didn't give me my, uh, my security deposit back. She disrespected me. I had to call the police on her. She tried to steal my stuff. You know, she tried to act like she want to attack me, all kind of weird stuff out of nowhere. I dealt with that and I didn't respond back to her. Like she, like she was responding to me. I didn't cuss her back out. I didn't call her out her name. I still tried to be respectful. I still tried to, you know, do what the Bible say do. And it was the hardest thing because she calling me bees and disrespecting me in front of my children. Right. She was doing all this weird stuff. And it was, but I understood it was the spirit in her. And I understood understood that the, I still couldn't respond with that same energy because the Bible says you pray for those that despitefully use you, that persecute you, you persecute you, that you don't repay evil with evil, right? So when when we really getting tested in this thing or we're, we're really getting sanctified, we're looking more and more like Christ. That means we're walking the word out. And so what the enemy see, when he began to see the last thing he threw at you didn't take you out. Oh, you didn't get discouraged like you used to. Oh, you didn't fall apart like you used to. You know, you didn't get all emotional and you didn't start um, d getting, uh, you know, angry at God. You didn't start blaming God. You know, you didn't start going into that place of depression. You didn't start getting into that place of anxiety right? You didn't go want to go back to the bottle. You ain't want to drink your sorrows away. You ain't want to go back to smoking that weed so you can get so high and you don't have to think about it. You ain't want to go back to doing whatever that thing you used to do to cope because you understand for I have to look to the hills from which comes my help and my help come from the Lord. You know that your help is not in the bottle. You know that your help is not in the weed. You know that your help is not going out sleeping around. You know that your help is not in those things and see the enemy, he starts to see that and he's like, well, I got to come and I got to throw something else at you. And so today, as I was 
in the midst of my tears and I was crying because I just was, I just needed to let it out because I had to hold it in because when I get the, when I got the information that we had to leave her house today, I mean, like I said, I was in the middle of a women's conference. I, I'm, I can't, I couldn't bust out crying and it took everything in me to hold them tears in. So I had to wait hours before I could really be present, present in my emotions to, to allow myself to process and to feel the, the, the frustration and, and the, the, the hurt of now I got to figure out where me and my baby's going to go. But I realized the enemy was trying to really not fight fair. He was trying to really get to me. They really get me discouraged to really shake me up because sometimes we're closer to the breakthrough than we think. And and what he wants to do is he wants to keep us so distracted. He wants to keep us so blinded with warfare and disappointment and discouragement and hopelessness and sorrow and thinking God don't love us and thinking God forsaken us and thinking God don't see us and thinking, you know, woe is me that we don't pay attention that the Lord is really moving on our behalf and the blessing is right there. The breakthrough is right there. But if he can get, cause he can't take the blessing. So what he wants to do is get you out of position. He wants to get you to forfeit it. So that way you don't receive it. And so he'll do everything he can. I was even having weird dreams last night, all night. I was having weird dreams. I got to wake up, cancel, renounce, you know, bind up because when you understand your dreams is really showing you a picture of what's happening in the spirit. And we can have dreams from God. We can have dreams from our soul. We can have dreams from the enemy. And when you realize that certain dreams are um, indications of what the enemy is trying to bring in your life, because sometimes your dreams will tell you that he's trying to bring delay. Sometimes your dreams will tell you that he's going to work through someone. So again, I wasn't surprised that the family member told us we had to leave because I had had dreams last week. And then today my spirit was testifying, telling me before she sent that message that she was going to say it because God is always, God speaks first. Wisdom speaks at the gate. And so sometimes God is trying to prepare us so we won't be caught off guard and bombarded like the enemy wants to do because the enemy wants to get us so discouraged and so knocked off our game and so um, overtaken with and being distracted that we don't keep our eyes on God. And so I said to myself, oh, okay, I see he's not playing fair today. The enemy is not playing fair because see, I've been breaking up stuff in the spirit. I've been praying more. I've been fasting more. I've been doing spirit spiritual warfare more. I've been going in more, right? And the enemy don't like it when you really starting to get free. The enemy don't like it when you, when you're coming in and you're busting down the kingdom of darkness and that he has set up in your life. The enemy don't like when you're breaking generational curses. The enemy don't like when you praying for people who he feel like he got in his kingdom. He don't like that. He don't like for you to get people saved. He don't like for you, you know, to be a good influence and to sow seeds of faith in other people's life because he knows if that seed take root, it's going grow is going to produce fruit because that is the law of seed time and harvest right so he don't like it so he gonna try to come he gonna try to come with everything he got and today i was just like wait a minute nope let me regroup all right let me get myself together and then next thing you know by the time i this night has it even got night it wasn't even all the way night by the time <laughs> it got evening i got blessed with money like no lie, because I already am in a situation where, you know, I'm not working. I haven't worked since 2018, <laughs> to be honest. 
And um, in these last months, you know, the money that I had ran out in like March or so. So really, I've been living by faith. Like the Lord has been supernaturally sustaining me, like to be all honest. And so today I was discouraged because I'm like, when she tells us we got to leave, I'm like, I don't got no money to go to a hotel. I don't got no money to get an Airbnb. Like, what are we going to do, right? Before I reached out to this other family member who said we could come to their house. But I was just like, what am I do? And so... I just was like, well, the only thing I could do is call this family member to see if we can come there. Of course, they said yes, and that was great. But even after that, randomly, the family member who told me that um, we couldn't stay there no more, they randomly sent me some money and was like, oh, I know you need some, you know, I know you need some stuff. So here, you know, just randomly sent me some money. I was just like, wow, that's interesting. And then, you know, I had let um, some of my prayer partners know what I was going through. Next thing you know, I'm getting more money from them. So I'm like, that's how the Lord was letting me know not to be for, not to let myself get so distracted by what the enemy is trying to do to make me think I'm forsaken, to make me think that God has left me. And see, I'm, I'm saying this because I want whoever is on this live, whoever will listen to this replay. If you're finding yourself in the dark place of crisis, you feel forsaken, you feel left behind, you feel beneath, you feel overlooked. Trust and believe. Don't listen to the lie. The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies and there is no truth in him. The Lord was showing me today because I felt forsaken and I went to the Lord and I told him, I said, I feel forsaken. I'm very upset with you because I'm not saying the things that I'm do that I do to use it as manipulation to try to manipulate you to do something for me. But I'm putting you in remembrance of what your word says. And according to your word, I'm doing, I'm doing these things. So why am I experiencing this? Why are you allowing this? Why am I going through this? And I, and I really expressed myself and I was transparent with the Lord. And this is his way of showing me like, daughter, you're not forsaken. Like I'm with you. I'm for you. Like what you look like something is happening to you, but it's happening for you. You think it's a setback, but it's a divine setup. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy trick you. You got to have that enduring faith like Job when he said, I'm I'm going to hold on to my integrity until I die. Like that's what he said. He like, listen, I'm not going to curse the God, God because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, right? Even though he got to a, part, a point where he was so full of anguish that he began to curse his life and curse the day he was born and curse his mother's womb and stuff like that because that was his feelings, his emotions talking, but be careful of what you say, even in your hurt, even in your pain, even in your disappointment, do not speak negative. All the enemy need is for you to speak something out your mouth for him to take hold to it and him to try to bring it to pass. When you are in that moment, if you can't say nothing that is um life and you can't speak life, don't speak, don't say it. Because the moment you speak that word, that seed out of your mouth, that word has a responsibility to manifest. That's why we not led by our emotions because our emotions will cause us to say things in our in in our emotions that we really don't mean. But once you release that word, you now you got to go and try to renounce. You got to try to you know cancel that harvest. You got to kind of do some work to try to get it not to bring back what you sent it out to do. So be mindful of what you say. Like yes, you can go and you can vent to God and lament to God and be honest with Him on how you feel. But be careful not to begin to speak word curses over yourself. Be careful not to come into agreement with what the devil is saying because you 
got to speak life because you have the power of death and life in your tongue. It don't say that that power is in someone else's tongue. It's in yours. So when you speak a thing, it shall be established. When you decree a thing, it shall be established. We are spirit speaking beings. God said that there be light and there was. We we're created in his likeness and in his image. So you got to be mindful because the enemy will love for us to get so caught up in our emotions that all we do is speak death over ourselves. And then we're confused and not understanding why all we're seeing is all this negativity and all of these negative things happening in our life. Well, we don't realize it that in our in our state of sadness, in our state of disappointment, in our state of discouragement, we said it. That's why I had to be mindful, even though I was feeling away and my heart was hurt. I was hurt. Like, I'm not going to lie. And I wasn't just, I really wasn't hurt with my family member. I was really more hurt with, like, from God, to be honest, because I'm like, Lord, why are you allowing this? Like, I understand she, she's, she's just a person, a vessel, but I'm like, why are you allowing this? Like, you're my father, you're my provider, you're, you're, you're my husband, like, you're, you're my God, you're my Lord, you're my protector, right? Your responsibility is to keep me and to keep and, and to and to you know provide for me and to make a way for me. Like that's your responsibility as my God. Like why are you? My heart was hurt because I'm like Lord, why are you allowing this? But I had to be mindful. I didn't. I couldn't say that. Why was he doing this to me? I'm like, why are you allowing this? You know, I couldn't just blame him, but I had to try to get to a place where I was like, okay, what am I not doing? Or what is it you want from me? Or what, how is, is there any area of my life that the enemy has a legal right to come in and, 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 and afflict me? And so, you know, I had to change my perspective. And yes, I felt forsaken. And yes, I felt forgotten. And yes, I felt overlooked. And yes, I just felt discouraged. But at the end of the day, as long as you are in Christ, as long as you are in Christ, you are not forsaken. It may seem like that. It may feel like that. But God is with you and he is for you. I don't know why we, we go through the things we go through. I don't know why some good people, bad things happen to them. I don't know why sometimes it seems like the evil and wicked people prosper. I don't know why. All I know is God is faithful and, um, and God is just. And we, you know, we as believers have to also examine ourselves, right? Work out our own salvation, soul salvation with fear and trembling. We have to, you know, look at ourselves in the mirror to see, did I cause this? Did I do something wrong, right? Is there, is there some unconfessed sin in my life? To see, because sometimes it's just a matter of you need to repent. And so it's always good to go into self-examination when you feel like all kind of, you know, um, fiery trials. Like even though the Bible tells us, you know, to, uh, you know, count it all joy, when you, you know, when you experience all types of fiery trials. And again, that's not easy to do. But as believers, we're guaranteed to have trial and tribulation. And so understanding, you know, what season you're in, whether you're in a season of testing, whether you're in a season of wilderness, whether, you know, the enemy has a legal right because you have some kind of sin in your heart, in your life, you know, whether it's your choices, you know, you made poor choices, you know, and just being honest with yourself and being honest with God and trusting him that he is a good God and he always 
does and only does good and his heart for us is his hope and his thoughts towards us are of for good the plans he has for us is for good and not for evil it's not for harm and when we trust that and believe that in the most dire of situations we can hold on to that hope and that can be our lifeline and our anchor that will get us through even the most toughest of times and trying of time and those that endure to the end will reap the reward right and so we want to continue to hold on you know hold on to the word hold on to our faith you know hold on to the to 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 the um to the horns of the altar, right? We don't want to let God go. We don't, we want to be like Jacob. We want to be like, Lord, we're not going to let you go until you bless me. Because sometimes the Lord just want us to continue to, um, to press in, right? He wants us to tarry. He wants us, you know, to be steadfast. He wants us to, to sit at his feet, to stay in his presence until we see the breakthrough, until we receive the blessing, until the door opens or whatever we need. And sometimes it takes time and the enemy is banking on us getting tired and getting worn out and giving up and being exhausted. And so we can give up. And at the moment we give up, it's like we be right on the cusp of that breakthrough. And so I just want to encourage anybody who is going through a difficult time um, and who feel forsaken and forgotten, left out, and you feel like the Lord has just overlooked you and the promises of God that's been spoken over your life or that you have saw in the Bible have just not manifested and come to pass. You just feel like everything and it happens for everybody but you. You know, you just feel like, you know, you're in a, a cycle where, you know, you just can't get out of this certain space, this certain pit. Um, I just want you to be encouraged that you are not forsaken. God is with you. I don't know if there's something he's trying to teach you. I don't know if there's something he's trying to uproot out your life. I don't know if there's some unconfessed sin. I don't know if this is a testing or a wilderness in your life. That is something you need to seek the Lord for. But what I can say is God is intentional and everything he does has a purpose. And any every, anything he allows, the Bible tells us everything works together for our good. And so some kind of way that thing has to work together for your good. I don't know how and only God knows but it has to because that's what the world word says and it has to only be a season it, every season has an expiration date and trouble don't last always and so we got to believe that and we got to hold on to that we got to anchor ourselves to those scriptures that we've been endured for the night yet joy in the morning those that sow in tears shall reap in joy we got to believe it we got to learn how to stand on the word to anchor the, our, ourselves to the word that we even in those moments where we're being squeezed because what happens is when you be Begin to be squeezed what's in you comes out and so if the word of god is going is that what's going to come out or is you going to start speaking negative you're going to start speaking death but whatever is in you is going to come out that's why out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so making sure you get the word in you so that when you experience the pressing when you experience the crushing that it's the word of god that comes out of you that you don't come into agreement with the enemy or with some kind of negative um response or reaction um because of the things that you say because god God is always going to come through on his word. He put his word above his name, that scripture. And so when you understand how powerful his word is, that is why Jesus used the word against Satan when he was being tempted in the in the wilderness. He didn't do nothing supernatural. He didn't, you know, perform no miracle. He didn't do, you know, um, call down legions of angels. He simply used the word. 
And that is what we're supposed to do too. And so I just want to um, encourage somebody that you're not forsaken. You're not alone. Even if you think you're alone physically, you're not alone because God is with you. He is for you. And if God be for you, who could be against you? And so I just thank you for um, listening to today's episode, Are the Righteous Forsaken? And take it back to God. This is for you. If it's resonating with you, take it back to God and, you know, be transparent, be honest, ask him to, you know, uh, help you, to strengthen you you know to show you you to show you if there's something that he's trying to teach you if there's something in your life that he's trying to uh, remove if there's you know some sin in your life that you need to repent from whatever it could be and um you know allow him to minister to you right and so um I didn't get a chance to just welcome all my loyal listeners. Thank you guys so much for continuing to rock with us. We're ending our season four, our identity series and understanding in our identity series. One thing that is not a part of our identity as men and women of God is we are not forsaken, right? If God be for us, who can be against us, right? Our God is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear, right? He is our everlasting, eternal peace, right? And he is our, um, you know, he is our Lord. He is Alpha and the Omega. You know, he is God. And so we want to make sure that we know that we are not forsaken as men and women of God, as children of God. Our identity is in him. We are we are sons, right? We have sonship and we have an inheritance and an identity in the Lord. And we have um, more benefits than we will ever know as sons of God. So um, be encouraged, right? To know who you are in the Lord. Know what benefits that you have know what your inheritance is and know how to use your weapons know how to go before your king your father your lord your savior and petition him with his word to put him in remembrance of his word because it's his word that doesn't return to him void it's not our cry our tears not that he is not sensitive to that but what moves him is his word right so we want to make sure that we are going back to him with his word lord you said it is written lord you said because that is where he has to move and the way the enemy wants to disarm us is he wants to get us from using the word because he knows the words has power he wants us to use words that will give him more power which is negative things and and saying things that are um and that are uh, totally opposite of what god says and so we don't want to speak those those word curses over ourselves we don't want to get overtaken by our emotions and speak out of our emotions if you got to just be quiet if you can't even say nothing because maybe you all you want to say is something negative then don't say nothing maybe just worship maybe just praise whatever the case may be but do not say anything out of your mouth that is not going to be a reality of what you want to see right if you want to see blessings don't speak of the word curse and say you ain't never blessed or nothing good ever happens to you because again you're speaking opposite you want to speak life over yourself you want to speak the word over yourself regardless of what situation you're in it is the word of god that he watches over he watches over his word to perform it he don't watch over our words he watches over his word so use the word use your weapon put god in remembrance he says in his word in isaiah he says come let us contend together plead your case that you shall be justified sometimes we got to go before him like into the course of heaven and plead our case of why the lord should move on our behalf of why we um deserved our breakthrough of why you know that blessing and promise is ours because your word says so because you spoke it and you promised it from the beginning you promised it to our forefathers 
fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because you said every blessing and promise in your word is just an amen, because the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich it adds no sorrow. You have to put him in remembrance of what he said, that the righteous will never be forsaken nor see begging bread, right? You have to know that you know that you know what the word says so that when you go on behalf of yourself, when you enter into those courts, you are putting him at his remembrance of what he said. And that's when he has to render a judgment. That's when he has to respond. That's when he has to release the angels on your behalf to go do. They hearken. That's why the Bible tells us one Psalm 103 and 20 that these um, they excel in strength and they hearken to the voice of the Lord, to the word of the Lord. They not hearkening to our cries and our and our lamenting and, and our sorrows. They're hearkening. They're waiting. You have angels assigned to you. You have angels that are waiting for an assignment. They are waiting to hear the word of God. They are waiting just like demons are waiting for you to say something negative so they can try to go manifest all of that, all, all of that chaos in your life. You have angels that are waiting to hear you speak the word of God. They're listening for your voice print to speak the word, to speak the scriptures and, and to say it in context and with power. So now they got an assignment. They got to go make that thing happen because God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. So you got to know that you know that when you are even in the most desperate of situations, that word fail you not because God puts his word above his name. This whole earth and heaven will pass away before his word does not come to pass. That is how serious he is about his word. When you get a revelation of the power of the word, that's why the word is is, is likened to a, a sword and it's quick and it's sharper than any other two-edged sword, even able to divide to under the asunder uh, to the division of soul and, and spirit, bone and marrow. Can do you understand what can really divide? What can really you know separate soul and spirit? That is just how powerful the word is. That's how sharp it is. It is your weapon when you begin to use your weapon, even when the enemy is coming with his best shot, even when he's coming with his worst attack, even when he's coming in on every side. The Bible says the enemy will come in one way, but he shall flee seven different ways. When you resist the enemy, he will flee. When you resist him with the word, when you tell him like, no, the Lord said that I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He caused me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters he restores my soul even yeah even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i shall fear no evil because thou art with me when you begin to speak the word you will find that you will have the same experience as jesus did the enemy gonna leave and even if it's for a season he'll leave because see he can't do nothing with the word but when you just go and you and you just you know saying all kind of things out of your emotions that's giving him the power to keep doing what he's doing but when you speak the word only you are using a weapon that nothing can resist, that nothing can stand against. Excuse me. The enemy can't, the kingdom of darkness can't, dark forces can't, nothing. The word is your weapon. No matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter what type of valley you find yourself in, no matter what fiery furnace you find yourself in, no matter what lion's den you find yourself in, no, what no matter what storm you find yourself in, you use that word, the word of God. You use what you, what the Lord has spoken. What has he said to you? What are the scriptures you're standing on? If you are in a situation, you need to go and look in the word of God and look at some
some scriptures that speak to your situation and you need to constantly just bring those those scriptures before the father because that is what's going to cause him to move on your behalf because the bible says without faith it, it is impossible to please god what is your faith your faith is your belief your trust your confident hope in his word that his word will not fail that he's going to perform it that it does and goes where he pleases and does what he purposed it to do that's what he said his word is true the bible says in romans 3 let god be true and all men be a liar so if you not speak in the word or if something is coming against your life and it's not according to the word it's a liar it don't matter what it is it's if it's not in agreement and alignment with what god said about you it's not true and you got to come against that thing no god if god be for me who can be against me even when the enemy come to eat up my flesh they stumble and fall even when my father and my mother forsake me the lord is there he is closer than a brother he is closer than a friend you got to begin to speak that word you got to speak every scripture you know even if it's just one that's power you don't have to know 20 million scriptures you just need one because one is just as powerful as 20. all you need to know is your power is in the word and the enemy cannot he cannot do anything against the word yes he will make you think he can yes he will try to turn up the heat on that furnace yeah he might try to throw you in that lion's den yeah he might try to have all kind of chaos break out in your life but it is an illusion because he roars around as a lion you notice he's as a lion he's not a lion but we are a part of the lion of the tribe of judah we are bold as a lion we are the ones that have that 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 boldness we are the ones that are lions we are the ones but he is as he's mimicking he's trying to be so he's all bark and no bite sometimes it just appears to be more vicious than what it is and yes the realities are real yes pain is real yes hurt is real yes grief is real yes disappointment is real but this is why we have to walk by faith and not by sight so if you got to close your eyes to your circumstances and blindly because you sometimes got to just close your eyes and speak the word anyway sometimes you just got to ignore it and speak the word anyway because see that's what god is looking for because he said his eyes roam to and fro the earth to see if there is one that has faith the see is there is one who has faith and so he wants to know sometimes he's testing your faith because how do you know you got faith if it's not tested so sometimes he allowed the enemy to come in because he he know you can handle it he allowed job to be tested because he understood he knew job's faith he knew job that yes job will have moments of sorrow yes job will probably have moments of where you know he was overtaken by grief and sadness but he knew one thing for sure too for certain job wasn't gonna fold he knew no matter what job wasn't gonna curse him he knew that no matter what and so he allowed the enemy to come in and what did he tell the enemy he said you do what you want but you can't touch his life because it don't matter what the enemy do he has restraint he can't do nothing more than what God is going to allow him to do that's why you got to know your God is for you yes your situation may be difficult yes it may be a crisis yes it may feel like all oh, hell is breaking you loose in your life but it's it can't take your life and if it were not so you wouldn't be here on this podcast listening to me you would already be dead I didn't have several attempts um near-death experiences literally I didn't almost die a few times but guess what 
I'm still here because the enemy tried it, but God said not so. So you're still here because the enemy is trying to take you out because he don't want you to reach that destiny. He don't want you to fulfill that purpose. He don't want you to change that nation. He don't want you to bring righteousness into that government. He don't want you to start that ministry. He don't want you to, to, to eradicate poverty. He don't want you to do whatever God has called you to do because it's going to bring destruction to his kingdom. So he's going to try to come and distract and distort and derail and destroy because that is what he do but jesus has come that you shall have life and have it more abundantly and you may not have everything that you think you need i don't right now we're staying with a family member right now i don't have a job right now it's a lot of things i don't have but what do i have i have my faith i have my health my children are healthy you know we ain't out on the street you know we we always got food in our belly you know so at the end of the day you we always got something to rejoice about. We always got something to give thanks about. Sometimes your breakthrough come when you give thanks, even in the midst of your darkness, when you can still rejoice in the midst of your, in the midst of your storm. See, the enemy wants to take your joy. He wants to take your faith. He wants to take your, your, your worship. He wants to take your prayer life. He wants to take your praise. So that's why he keeps trying to buffet you. Like Paul said, these waves, they come and they buffeted me. You know, they would, that means those waves, they kept hitting him. They kept coming. They kept coming. Sometimes the enemy come in and it's like a, and it's like waves and he come and he come and he come. But how many of us know that Jesus is in the boat? Jesus is in the boat. You don't have to be of little faith. You got to know that you know that you have the living God on your side. You have to know that you've been given all power and authority over the enemy and nothing shall by any means injure you. It don't matter how hurt you are, how bad it feels, how bad it looks nothing shall by any means injure you if god is for you who who can be against you if the lord is your light and your salvation whom shall you fear the lord is the strength of your life of whom should you be afraid when your enemies come to eat up your flesh they're gonna stumble and fall because your god is going to fight your battle for you when you begin to release the word that makes god have to release the 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 angels his host of angels because he's the lord of hosts he got to release his angels on your behalf because you are calling him with the word when you begin to speak the word when you begin to declare the word god has to move at his word it is what he has to do because his word is what he is faithful to his word is what he have a covenant with and our god shall not be mocked the Bible tells us God shall not be mocked. And so God ain't going to let no, no, no demons, no devils, no kingdom of darkness, no situation overtake you unless you let it. And the only way you let it is when you don't begin to use your weapon. When you don't have on your armor, when you don't have that helmet of salvation, when you don't have that breastplate of righteousness, when your faith ain't really able to quench those fiery darts, when you don't, when you don't understand that not only do you have a weapon, but you actually got to use it. You got a sword, the word of God. When you don't realize that you have shoes that are the gospel of peace, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he already came and defeated the enemy. He's a defeated foe. The, the work of the cross is finished. It is finished. He's already took keys to the death, hell, and the grave. You are already seated in heavenly places uh, alongside Christ Jesus. He is the name above every name. Name Everything created was created by him, for him, and through him. So the enemy has no power. Nothing has no power over you. You have to know that you know that God has given you the answer. And the answer is in the word use the word use the word again you don't need to know every scripture in the bible if you just have one in your heart that's all you need because 
this one is is just as powerful as having 20. It does not matter. If you want 20, then get in that word. Begin to eat that word, devour that word. And then you will find that the more you're squeezed, the more you press, the more that word comes out, the more that, and then it becomes easier. And the next time you go through a storm, you ain't getting so beat up. You ain't getting so defeated. You're able to stand firm. You're able to be steadfast. You're unmovable. You're always abounding. You're not moved when the enemy try to come in like a flood. You already know God is raising up a standard against him. You already know the battle is not yours. It's the Lord. You know how to rejoice even in the midst of the storm. You know how to go into that realm of worship and let God go and fight the battle on your behalf. You understand how to use your spiritual weapons that are not carnal, but spiritual and mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let his illusions and delusions get you off track because the more he comes at you harder, the closer you are to the promise. Learn how to discern the times and the seasons. What did Jesus say? Like, y'all know all of these other things. Y'all can tell about the weather. Y'all know all of this stuff, but you can't discern the times and the seasons. Understand, we just left Pentecost. We just came out of Pentecost where we're under an open heaven and the power of Holy Spirit just, you know, just, um, celebrating the, the 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 birthing of the church and 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 the power of the holy spirit coming and we've been in the open heaven so it's no coincidence that the enemy may have ramped up some of his attacks because he knows that the blessing is here and sometimes we don't know and that's what he banks on. He banks on us not knowing the time and the season. He bank on us not discerning what God is doing. That's what he desires. And the more he can keep you distracted and bombarded with situations and crisis and sadness and sorrow and grief and, you know, just constantly worried about what's going on in your life and what you don't have and just focusing on everything that's going wrong. He can keep your eyes off the blessing. And next thing you know, you miss it. You miss it. So this is the time where you got to just really press in and you got to weather. You got to tarry. You got to be able to stay at the feet of Jesus like Mary. You got to be able to, to be like Jacob and keep wrestling with God and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop pressing. Don't stop praising. Whatever you do. And yes, it's hard. Sometimes you can't utter a word. So just, just put on some worship music and let it minister to you. You're like, whatever you do, don't give up because the enemy wants you to give up. He wants you to, because he knows that the breakthrough is there. It's right there. So he's going to ramp up the attack like any other enemy. Like when you're in a natural war, you know, when the, when the enemy knows that they're losing the battle, then they try to pull out some uh, all the stops that they can because they're desperate, desperate and they're scrambling because they know like their time is limited. Their time is up. So they're trying to do whatever they can to try to, you know, do a last attack, hoping and praying and thinking it's going to work. But the devil is a liar. He's a liar. Don't let that distract you and get you off course. God is for you. Your breakthrough is here. Do not stop. Use the word against the devil, just like Jesus did. That's all Jesus did in the wilderness. He did not do nothing elaborate. He did not do nothing supernatural. He did not do nothing miraculous. All he did was use the word every time the enemy came to tempt him. He said, it is written. That's how powerful the word is. And the reason why Jesus did it and we see it in the Bible is because that was a pattern. 
that's a pattern that Jesus was showing us. And this is how we defeat the enemy. This is how we resist the enemy and the enemy will have to flee. So stand on the word. It may feel like you're forsaken. It may look like you're forsaken. I'm sure people probably looking at my situation like we're her God. She always talking about her God. She be on this podcast talking about her God. She be on YouTube talking about her God. She's always at church. She always serving. She, you know, be praying for people. She out in the community. She doing this. She doing that. You know, she live a certain kind of lifestyle. She don't do this. You know, we know she a Christian. We know she a believer. But look what she going through. Oh, she ain't got nowhere to live. Look at her and her family. Oh, she ain't got no job. Oh, look at her situation. Oh, look what she going through. I'm sure they looking like that. But see, what are they going to say when God come through? What are they going to say when, when God show up? Because those same people who are watching you, that you may not even know they're watching you. You may know, but the same people who are watching you in your moment of looking forsaken will be the same people that see you get blessed. And see, that will sow the seed for them to now want to know your God. How many times in the word did we see where the enemies of God or the pagan people, like with Daniel, when he came out that lion's den, everybody in Babylon had to now had a whole decree where they had to serve God. Even the king of Babylon had to admit, no, your God is God. No, your God is God. The God of Israel and everybody got to worship you're the God of Daniel. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they refuse and they tell the king to his face, listen, our God will rescue us. And even if he don't, we not bowing to you. And they like, he like, oh yeah, turn it up seven times hotter and throw them in there. And, and God didn't keep them from going into the fire. Why? Because God works through people. God needs us to demonstrate his power and his glory in the earth. And the kingdom is not without power and demonstration. So they got thrown in the fire. But what happened? The king looked and he said, I thought it was just three that goes and went into the furnace. His servants like, yeah, it, it was. He said, but I see a fourth man in the fire. It looks like a God, like an angel. See, God wants your enemies. He wants the unbelievers. He wants the world to see his power through you. So yes, you might have to go through the fire. Yes, you might have to get thrown in the lion's den. Yes, you might have to look and feel like you're being forsaken. Yes, because God wants to use you. He wants you to be a conduit. So when you come out that fire and you don't smell like smoke and not one hair on your head is singed, everybody around you going to have to say, your God is God. We got to believe your God. That is what God is still doing in the earth. Do it feel good? No. But what did Jesus say? We have to take up our cross. We got to drink our cup of suffering. He had, he did ask. He said, Ken, is there any way this cup can be passed from me? But not my will, thy will be done. So we got to understand this thing, this comes with this life. This is a part of it. The trial, the tribulation, the suffering, the affliction, the persecution, because they hated him first right? We got to expect it. But what we also got to expect 
is for God to come and to rescue us and to demonstrate his power and his glory in such a way that many shall believe that the miracle that he's trying to perform in your life is going to cause people who were unbelievers to have to admit that it is your God. He is the living God. He is the one and true God. And it ain't that you got to convince them with your words. They going to be able to see it with your life because they not going to be able to deny it. They couldn't, the king couldn't deny it to the point he made a decree. And if you know anything about that time or about a decree, a royal decree, once, once it was enacted, it cannot be undone. That's why King um, Xerxes could not undo the the um, edict that and the decree that went that Haman did against the Jews to slaughter the Jews. But what did he do? He told Mordecai and Esther, "Y'all can write an edict on my behalf that supersedes that edict." So he couldn't retract that edit because it be it was law once it went forth it was law he couldn't undo it but what he could do is he could supersede that edit and see sometimes the enemy tries to come and he tries to decree destruction over your life but what the blood did the blood came and it covered you and it speaks greater and mightier things so yes there may have been one law that wouldn't put out maybe we are guilty of that sin maybe we did do that thing maybe when we was living in the world we are guilty of those things but the blood is a law that has overrode the law of destruction and it's speaking greater and mightier things on our behalf and so you have to know that god is never going to leave us forsaken it does not matter sometimes he's just using us he's using us as a conduit so he can be glorified so he can be magnified so we can have a testimony because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of thy testimony not loving our life unto death what does that mean that we're willing to lay our life down so god can be lifted up so we can be alive in christ we're willing to die to self because if we hold on to our life we will lose it but when we give our life up we shall gain it we have to understand that that means that we have to release everything to god and even if that means we gotta go into the fire that we have to trust that he's the fourth man, that he is with us, that he is not going to allow us to be consumed because if we're going to be consumed, it's going to be in his all-consuming fire and we will come out as good as gold. But he is not going to allow the enemy. He's not going to allow the enemy to, to, to take us out and to, and to totally destroy us. We might be cast down, but we will not be destroyed. So you have to hold true to the word and put him in remembrance petition him if you got to pray all night if you got to pray without ceasing if you got to just sit in his presence if you got to fast for three seven ten days whatever the case may be don't let up don't give up if you just got to praise your way through whatever the lord or holy spirit is ministering to you to do for you to come through your situation if you are going through something that's very um difficult don't give up until you see the re the feel the release or the breakthrough because until then the enemy wants to try to get you to forfeit he wants to get you to forfeit, but don't give up. Trust God and endure to the end because it is those that endure to the end that reap the reward. You shall reap if you faint not.
And I just pray that the Lord will mount you up on wings as eagles so you can run and not be weary, walk and not faint because you're waiting on him, that he'll refresh you and renew you and resuscitate you and restore you. Even if you are weary, even if you feel tired and feel worn out, that he'll send the angel to come and to sustain you like he did for Elijah when Elijah was exhausted and he needed to eat and rest and eat and rest so he can continue on the journey. I pray that you have a sweet sleep. I pray that as you cast your cares onto the Lord, that he'll give you rest because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I pray that he'll give you the enduring faith Faith, that he'll build up your faith muscle, that your faith will endure under the pressure, under the pressure of the warfare, under the pressure of the attacks, under the pressure of your circumstances, that when you come out, that it'll build hope and character and faith and perseverance, and you will look more and more like Christ. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the, your faith faileth not, that your faith faileth not that no matter what you go through, that your faith will keep, will be that anchor, that your faith will be what you use to continue to stand. That even after you've done in Ephesians six, it says, even after you have done all you have, all you can to stand, then stand, stand on the word of God, knowing that he cannot fail you. People fail, systems fail. God does not fail. Everything in this world will be shaken that can be shaken. But the only thing that shall remain is what cannot be shaken. And that is the kingdom of heaven. And you have to trust that and believe it with all your heart, regardless of what your circumstances is saying, what people are saying, what your body is saying and all of the things, because some I'll be in pain. I have been in pain and excruciating pain in my knees for uh, what, two months to almost two and a half months and I still get up and I still go and I still go walk and I still go serve and I still wear heels and I still, you know, go and do everything I need to do. I still walk my dog. I still show up at church. I still do every single thing. Why? Because I'm not going to let my body dictate my life. I'm not going to let my circumstances get me to, to, to stop serving, to stop doing my assignment, to stop showing up. I'm not going to do it because if I do that, then I I let the enemy win. So I have to constantly pray and lean on God to give me the strength because sometimes it is so excruciating that I can't even move, that I can't sleep, but I just believe I'm healed. So what I do is I walk in my healing. I don't have to see my healing to believe I'm healed. So I keep walking. I keep going. I keep faithing. I keep trusting. I keep believing. Is it easy? No. Do some days I literally not want to get up and do anything? Absolutely, because it is a serious pain, and I have a high tolerance of pain. Trust you and trust you me. It is many a days that I said I'm gonna have to go to the emergency room because I cannot take it. That's how bad it is. I literally have told God, Lord, this pain is so bad. If you don't take it away, I I cannot bear it no more. But I have to still keep going because it's not my circumstances that dictate my life. It's the word of God. And he said, by His, by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. And I've declared it over my body and I've laid hands on my knees and I commanded them to come into the alignment with the word of God. I've done my part. Now I got to walk it out even when I don't see it. Even when I don't feel it. And that's how we got to get. Because if we if we wait on the situation to change, we're going to miss it. 
If we wait on our circumstances to change, we gonna miss it. If I gotta wait till I feel no pain to believe I'm healed, then we're then that's not faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So it's a substance first and it's what you're hoping for. And eventually it will become evidence of what you didn't see before. Your substance now will turn into evidence. But how does it do that? It does that because your, your faith and faith you believe and you respond out of your belief. I believe I'm healed, so I'll keep going like I'm healed. Most people don't know the excruciating pain I'm in when I show up several times a week and serve. Most people don't know when I'm running around, going back and forth, doing this and doing that, when I'm constantly on my feet all day. I'm in the middle of a women's conference that I'm doing, that I'm working at, been working for the last two weeks nonstop, just preparing for it, doing everything. People don't know that I'm in excruciating pain. And the moment I'm done after being on my feet, walking all day, carrying stuff, going here, going there, doing this, going to the store, setting this up, doing this, I get in my car and I can, and I'm keeping from breaking down because I'm in so much pain. But I can't stop. Just like I, I didn't want to do the podcast today. I really didn't because I was still dealing with the fact of I felt like forsaken and disappointed because the situation that happened earlier. And I'm in pain. My knee is hurting right now. I've been trying to move around. Y'all probably heard a little noise of me moving around and stuff because I'm trying to get into a position where I can bear the pain just to get through the podcast. But I said to myself, what I can't do is I can't not show up. What I can't do is I can't not fulfill the assignment that I was given because I got pain. I can't not fulfill the assignment because of my circumstances. Because when you are faithful with little, he make you ruler over much. Why do you got to be faithful in little? That means life going to happen. Situations going to happen. You're going to go through some stuff. Will you still be faithful? Will you still be faithful? So I just hope this encourages somebody um, because I know we go through things, you know, as believers, you know, people a lot of times who are not believers want to look at us and think, oh, because we got Jesus, because we got the Lord that we don't go through nothing, but we do. And it's not easy and, and it's real. But the difference is we have God and he's with us. We have the fourth man in the fire where people in the world doesn't. We have the ability to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. So yes, we're in the storm, but we're not overtaken. We don't have that anxiety. We're not losing our mind because we are we anchored in peace. Those are the benefits, right? Where other people are being consumed who going through something very similar or the same thing as us, we're not because we have Christ right? So that's the difference. Not to say we won't go through, but we're not alone. And with, with Christ, we win. No matter what, we win, right? We're on the winning team. You have the victory. You're victorious. You're overcomers in Christ Jesus. You have to believe that no matter what your circumstances is telling you, because that's the word. Stand on the word. He is your source, your anchor, your truth. He is everything you need. Don't let the enemy get you off course. You are closer than you think and you are stronger than you think. You are stronger than you think. Trust me, you are a lot stronger than you think.
You have more for you. There are more for you than who are against you. Just like the servant's eyes had to be open when when they were threatened, when him and Elijah, Elisha were threatened and, and the, the commander who was coming to, to take Elijah's head off or whatever he was coming because he was mad. And Elijah had to say, Lord, open his eyes. I pray that the Lord will open your eyes. So you will see that there are chariots of fire all around and there are more for you than who are against you because he has thousands upon thousands upon thousands of legions of angels that are ready at the any moment at any at any word to come forth to fulfill an assignment he has the destroyer to destroy he has the ability to send down michael the archangel angel of war to go and bat and war in the, the principality over that's trying to hinder and keep you from receiving your breakthrough he will do that they are waiting for an assignment there are more for you than who are against you. You have a cloud of witnesses and they are praying for you. Jesus is at the right hand of the father. He is making intercession. He is our high priest in order in the order of Melchizedek. He is interceding for you. Holy Spirit is advocating for you. Even when you can't pray for yourself or don't know what to pray with moanings and groanings that cannot be understood, you're not alone. Even if you don't have a physical person, you got all of heaven backing you up. So don't ever let the enemy lie to you and make you feel like you alone. You're not. God is with you and he is for you. And he needs you to believe and to trust that and hold on to it like your life depends on it because it does. Amen. So, yes, thank you guys so much. I appreciate everyone who was on the live. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed it. This is just what I felt the Lord just had in my spirit. Um, he laid it on my heart. And I just pray that it blessed you, that it spoke to you, that it resonated with you. If it did, please let me know. Um, of course, you can always say it in the comments. Um, I always leave my, con my contact information in my description box once I upload it. And so if you would like to um, just let me know how the podcast is blessing you, please feel free to reach out to me. And um, I just pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you and grant you his peace. And remember that your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy. Thank you. Have a good night.